0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a weekday devotion. This is Pastor Daniel, and today we're going to be continuing in Daniel chapter 11. So over the last two days, we've seen Gabriel, the angel, introduce uh, the vision of future events for Daniel and Daniel's people, which are God's people. Uh, he began to re- reveal those to Daniel, and so already we've seen him accurately predict such things as the the fall of the Persian Empire to Greeks, the rise of the Greeks under Alexander the Great, uh, the the death of Alexander the Great without naming an heir, and the four generals who would rise to take over a fourth of the Greek Empire after Alexander the Great, and then two specifically that would constantly war with each other the Seleucids and the Ptolemies. Well all of that would continue to transpire and continue to go on with the land of Israel and the Hebrew people stuck right in the middle. Well today we're going to see that there's one king in particular who arose and was especially powerful and especially harsh to God's people. And his name is Antiochus Epiphanes the 4th. So, let's read today verses 20 through 28. Then shall arise in his place one who shall send an exactor of tribute for the glory of the kingdom. Within a few days he shall be broken, neither in anger nor in battle. But in his place shall arise a contemptible person to whom royal majesty has not been given. He shall come in without warning and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Armies shall be utterly swept away before him and broken, even the prince of the covenant. And from the time that an alliance is made with him, he shall act deceitfully, and he shall become strong with a small people. Without warning, he shall come into the richest parts of the province, and he shall do what neither his fathers nor his father's fathers have done, scattering among them plunder, spoil, and goods. He shall devise plans against strongholds, But only for a time he shall stir up his power and his heart against the king of the south with a great army and the king of the south shall wage war with an exceedingly great and mighty army. But he shall not stand for plots shall be devised against him. Even those who eat his food shall break him. His army shall be swept away and many shall fall down slain. And as for the two kings, their hearts shall be bent on doing evil. They shall speak lies at the same table, but to no avail. For the end is yet to be at the appointed time. And he shall return to his land with great wealth. But his heart shall be set against the holy covenant. And he shall work his will and return to his own land. All right. Well, we mentioned we'll be talking about here this Antiochus Epiphanes IV, who actually uh, becomes king, um, not by royal means, but instead um, through flattery. And that's exactly what we see happen. He was not heir to the throne in any way. Although he was of the royal family, he was not in line to get the throne. But he kind of just took it and usurped it and kind of worked his way in through political maneuvering. And like it says, flatteries. But Antiochus Epiphanes, as we see today, but then really also see tomorrow, it says here at the end that he he has set his heart against the Holy Covenant. More than all of his predecessors, Antiochus Epiphanes wasn't just doing battle in the land of Israel. He wanted to subjugate the Hebrew people, not just to the Greek empire, but also to the Greek religion. So he goes in. In the temple that's, that had been rebuilt in the, in the days of Zerubbabel and uh, was pretty pretty new, relatively new, just a couple of hundred years old. Uh, the second temple after Solomon that was destroyed by the Babylonians. Zerubbabel builds this one, and Antiochus Epiphanes goes into this temple into the holy place takes all of the holy articles out takes out the ark of the covenant uh, the table of showbread the altar of incense he takes out all the, the menorahs of the light of god takes all of those out and instead puts greek mythological statues and artifacts in the temple especially there in the holy of holies he sets up an altar to zeus And then he begins the process of forcing or attempting to force Jewish people to recant their faith in God and to pledge their faith and fidelity to Zeus and the Greek pantheon. This is what Antiochus Epiphanes would do. And so his heart was against the covenant of God and he did evil things. We'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, but for now, just... I want you to know, it says, and this, this happens, verse 24, without warning. There's no beam and light that says, hey, in 20 days, this is going to happen. It just happened. You know, here we are in America, fast forward, you know, 2,200 years. You're on America, and, you know, we see things slipping a little bit, but, you know, most of us are still comfortable. We're still doing our normal thing. We're living life for the most part the way we always have. Gas prices is a little higher but we don't know when things can turn, but they can at any moment. If you look back at World War II history, you know, if you were in if you were in Germany in 1935, you know, there was some political unrest, but the political party seemed to be on the rise called the Nazi party. Um, But for, for that year and some years before that, it seemed just like another political party. People were going about their life just fine. Jewish people who lived in Germany seemed to be doing just fine. They were running their shops. They were um, doing their shopping. They were raising families. They were going to, to synagogue, you know, everything was normal, but then without, warning things turned on a dime and the jewish people were collected and separated from each other and sent off to concentration camps and and no one outside of germany even a lot of people in germany really didn't even know a lot of this was happening it was just going on this evil was going on without warning so we must be ready in our faith because things can happen without warning the evil around the corner We shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't be alarmed. We should just be ready. And how do we get ready for that? We pour into our faith. We pour into the word of God. We invest our time in praying with Jesus, walking with Jesus, serving Jesus, telling others about Jesus, spending time with Jesus through his word. We abide in him because that's how we prepare ourselves for whenever that may come without warning. I pray you walk tightly with Jesus today. I'll talk to you tomorrow.